0: Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the FCI podcast where I have the honor and pleasure of having uh, the FCI president, Mr. Tamas Yakó,
1: with me today. Um, hi Tamas, how are you? Hello Gopi, I'm doing fine having my breakfast coffee okay. and I'm ready for your questions. But You're ready for my questions, okay. More, more private and relaxed as you said.
0: Yes, the, the whole idea of this was to have a uh, relaxed conversation for our members and, and, and the you know, general public basically to get to know the FCI president or the person who's the FCI president, not the role, but the man. So let's get going. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your profession? Are you still actively
1: involved as a surgeon or have you retired? So as you said, I'm a human surgeon and oncologist and I was the chief doctor at the uh, medical university for 30 years Uh, and then the teaching hospital, which I was the chief surgeon of, has been closed up because of some uh, reason in Hungary and that that was a turning point in many ways in my life, in private part, health-wise, uh, and then at that time I became really active in dog diplomacy and I had to take into consideration because that was a crossroad what to do and then I decided to accept the invitation of the medical university and I went there as a teaching professor. Later on they also established a very exciting uh, uh, department which was the international affairs department
0: Wow. And right. I
1: became a leader of this and we made a lot of exciting things, uh, mainly in Asia and United States. Nice. And it, it really made me excited. Uh, in the past few years, I moved to a private uh, firm and uh, I'm very happily working with friends and it makes my life more relaxed more flexible i can do the job from home if uh, needed uh, which really support my activity in the fci so i'm 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 glad i'm not retired yet i okay. cannot i'm too i'm too young only for one thing to retire
0: good you, you, you that's that's the right attitude to have and not retire so thomas tell us favorite cuisine what's your what's something you love
1: Uh, actually I'm a very positive person about the life so I like the life before when I was working in an operating theater 10 hours per day I lived a little bit in a tunnel okay from home to the operating theater no window on the room coming back Uh, ever since my life has changed and I'm walking much more with my dogs, uh, the life became colorful. And I like to stop and enjoy. Uh, I have a lot of birds in my garden. I like, it's incredible. I mean, I would never imagine before, I'm sitting in front of my tree, watching and experiencing the birds, uh, nesting and this kind of stuff. I like the nature a lot. I like music. I like opera, I like good movies. Uh, I've been a big fan of books, but somehow lately I'm not reading that that many anymore. Uh, I think it's a part of the life-changing tendency all over the world. We want to get everything right now short and very visual, um, but I'm still reading books. Uh, I like poems, but to be honest, I'm more watching now good movies.
0: Okay, and and favorite food? What do you enjoy? What cuisine do you best enjoy? I'm, I'm,
1: yeah, I'm I'm not a food orientated person. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm I'm first of all I cannot cook. It does a <laughs> lot. Uh, I'm always depending on someone who is able to serve me some food, and of course I'm having my favorite restaurant around my house, and uh, I mean. I, I also like this very private atmosphere. I'm, I'm living in Budapest, but it's a little bit of outskirts. So yeah. here, everybody knows me by name. If right. I'm going yeah. to the restaurant, waiter, waiters ask me about my dogs, about my puppies, uh, where I've been traveled to. So it's, it's a nice community, which oh, I, okay. I, I like to experience to be a part of it. Before, before COVID, it didn't happen because I was just a guest in this area. Even if my house is here, but now I really settled down, and I—it completely changed. This this two years changed my attitude and my lifestyle.
0: Nice, nice. I like that. I enjoyed. That. And and um, so you, you you mentioned a bit just now um, about how you like spending your time and what you like doing. What's your favorite city in the world? Where where do you love going to?
1: Uh, I've been almost everywhere, okay. but uh, with a real permanent nostalgia. Um, I remember Sydney, okay. Buenos Aires. Okay. Right. And come closer, I love Vienna. I used to live in Vienna for a couple of months okay. and also okay. München, Munich. Right. Uh, right. I, in those cities, I have my own places to go. Uh, to sit down and to enjoy the life and uh, charging my batteries. <laughs> right. And and do you have any phobias? Are you afraid of anything? Mm, not really. Mm. I have a problem with with height. Okay. Uh, okay. So my worst nightmare, and it had happened many times before. Um, climbing on a mountain suddenly started to fall down and then I learned how to stop this dream so when I start to climb I stop the dream it's interesting uh, how uh, I can have my control even while I'm sleeping so it never happens again thanks God that's my only phobia
0: Good, good. I mean, I suppose you're a surgeon, and there, there can't be many things that make you squirmish or or, or worry you. Well, let's
1: me say something. Many times it's happening. We are having a nice dinner or a nice lunch with friends, and then somebody starts to have really dirty jokes, uh, and then they say, "But you don't mind. You are a doctor." I do mind. I'm a doctor, but still a human being. So. <laughs> but one thing is true: when you really faced with the real life, mm. blood and meat, your mindset has been changed. Uh, you can you can see the real things more clearly, and you can separate them from the unnecessary. Uh, let's say. It's not a nice bullshit around, Uh, and it's very important Uh, when you have to deal with problems. This is important.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, note for all vegetarians. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Getting on to dogs a little bit. What's one of your biggest pet hates when you're judging dogs with exhibitors? What is one of the things they do that annoys you?
1: uh when somebody how to say uh, have this feeling this is my laptop lap uh, lap dog in an extreme way i mean this is mine don't don't even come close to and the dog behaves in a different way because even the small little dogs are getting protective with yes. the owner in this situation, and if you put this dog on the table or on the floor, these dogs are shy. Yes. So that's that's the way of love of uh, toward the dogs, which could be uh, how to say provided because of the interest of the dog and the, and the human being. Uh, I mean, it. It never disturbs me so much if the handler is not experienced and tried to do its best. Yes. We are we are there to to teach a little bit. I, I just put a picture on the Facebook not long ago last year. I did my own breed in France in the National de Lavage, and the best male it was a beautiful male uh, was handled by a complete outsider. But the dog sold himself because moved beautifully and stood beautifully. But at, at the end of the story, I wanted to take a picture of this beautiful dog to take home. And then the owner couldn't do what to do. And he let me to make the dog stand in a rather proper way. And this picture is priceless because he was watching me and this That was a very good shot. Uh, made myself uh, by someone. Uh, so these kind of thing uh, doesn't disappoint me. Of course, when you are having 50, 60 dogs in the same ring and the owner number 60 asks you what to do, that is a little <laughs> bit disappointing, but I'm always trying to be polite and explain what's the expectations. Yeah,
0: if it's at the start of the day it's easy. if it's at the end of the day. Yes. The yeah. a little less,
1: like all it, it means that exhibitor couldn't care less what's going on in the ring, didn't even watch it.
0: Yeah and and you talked about your your breed so can you tell us how you started in dogs, what was the breed you started with, when was that, how did that, how did you get involved with pedigree Dogs?
1: In all the way I'm a pioneer in my family which family is just great, but no one single human doctor was in the family and no one single dog Pat was in the family. Uh, But as my mother and father reported me, whenever I started to be able to talk, I started to ask for a dog. But uh, at that time, the flat way being living was not really proper to, to keep a dog. Uh, it was one of the reasons why we changed the apartment to a really huge, beautiful one, uh, when I was 14.
0: Okay.
1: And on the top of it, uh, next in the next door, it was a cocker spaniel, always watching through the window. Uh, and I became a very good friend of her. So it was very obvious. Uh, within half a year, we got a cocker spaniel. That's how it started. That was a pet dog. Okay. Because he had a problem with the teeth, but looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I think that that really settled my mindset because mm-hmm. I didn't start to get winners. I started to get a real friendship and good life with the dog. And this dog was with me. Uh, through the high school and the university always put the hand on my knee when I was uh, studying. So that was a very very close friendship and it's really this is the status I always wanted to go back and I went back. So my dogs are living with me uh, with a friendship. Uh, A dog without a real owner and without a real personal Attachment to a man, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. to a human, yes. it's necessary. Without it, we are only hunting for our dreams and ambitions, which is also good, yeah. but the yeah. two has to be combined.
0: Okay, and and so cockers were what you started with. Um, how
1: did the Daxes <coughs> get involved, or when did the Daxes get involved? So, I bred cockers for 30 years, okay. I, I can tell I was one of the most successful breeder in the continent. I used a uh, British bloodline in the beginning uh, several times. I mean, I, I won everything imaginable. Uh, and then the dachshund came into my life because of a friendship. Uh, I think the best friend of my life was one of the best dachshund breeders in Europe. Now he died. And then uh, we also been living very close to each other in the same area and we started to check his puppies every day. Okay. He called me to go through and suddenly I find myself whenever I went around the world judging dachshund, I pick the next dog or I pick the next star dog to the line. So I became deeply involved in the breeding. Right. So right. far, in some years, we co- uh, co-owned this kennel and now I'm running this kennel by my own and yeah. I'm not having any more English Cocker spaniels.
0: Okay, and, and then tell us about the Hungarian Greyhounds. How did they get involved then? In- uh,
1: this is, a, in many ways, an emotional story. First of all, one of my main mentors in this dogdom was uh, Dr. Tibor Brody, maybe not... Everybody knows him anymore, he died long ago. Mm -hmm. But he was a member of the FCI board and uh, a president of the Hungarian Kennel Club for a short period, but he was always a kind of uh, rock stone uh, in in the kinology, especially in Hungary, but also internationally. He pushed me to be a judge. He pushed me many things. He was a very educated, nice person. Uh, with a very aristocratic wife and I visited them many times uh, having coffee and it it was for me like uh, listening to fairy tales. Mm -hmm. And he used to be a breeder of Hungarian sighthound and when this breed got a very difficult situation something like 20 years ago or even more Mm -hmm. and then I've seen a beautiful female coming into the ring when I was commentating the best in show. And I said, stop everybody. All the photographer has to go there because maybe she's the last real one. Uh And I checked the name of the bitch. Five years later, exactly the same thing happened. And that was a male. And I checked, this is the son of that bitch. So everything in my household uh, is sired by that male. Wow. Because the combination, personal combination of Tibor Brody and, and, and being Hungarian and being responsible for a Hungarian breed, it's a combination uh, which made me start. And then when you have a Hungarian side hunt, you want to have more. This is a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic breed. Was a breeder, an old breeder told me, I can't understand Thomas. If anybody has a dog because likes dogs, why these people has not at least one Hungarian Sighthound? Because that's a perfect dog, and that's very true. Now I became a little bit breed sovereignist, but I love to be so.
0: Now, now, Tala, you, you mentioned that it's 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 a breed that you feel that everyone should have. What is yes. one one thing about it? Um, that makes it unique are they hyperactive are they calm are they uh, I mean can they be a town dog or, or do they have to live on a farm with a lot of space or you know require a lot of exercise to, you know for the benefit of everyone um, hmm.
1: of this, breed? this is a perfect combination of EQ and EQ, okay. emotional okay. and in, intelligence uh, quality okay. uh, they are always around you without disturbing you or hanging on you they are calm Uh, they are like big cats if they don't have anything to do they're just lying like a carpet but they want to be around you and when there is an action you cannot imagine how gorgeous to see them on the field running around it it makes your spirit freed so when I'm drained and a little bit depressed or I had an difficult day, I'm going to the field, I let them run, and in 10 minutes, I feel I, uh, my battery reloads again. I, I love this, this, uh, this feeling. And you don't need to shout with them. You don't need all, almost to talk to them. They know what you want, and they follow. It's, it's just, just great. When, when I started to get them after more than 40 years in the dogs, I literally call it. I arrived to the place I always wanted to be, but I'm still having dachshund because that's a different <laughs> kind of fun, and I love them.
0: I was I was going to say you you that's another breed you can't live yes. without. I mean, those a have, good
1: combination. The two many people has those two breeds together,
0: and I'm sure the dachshunds rule the, the roosts, they're the ones in control. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they managed to be the leaders, yes,
1: of course. Absolutely.
0: Now, you mentioned a very successful showing career. Can you mention something that was the highlight for you of your showing career with maybe something that you had bred yourself? What was one, one win that you would never forget?
1: Uh, three times it happened in English Cockers, like uh, uh, in a big virtues. and and in those years, European and virtues be big for English cockers having four or five full rings in the breed. Mm-hmm. And three times I won the double, male and female in different rings. And that was something to remember. I, I won, I don't know how many best in shows. Uh, uh, that's what I cannot really count. Uh, but uh, also in induction, it was a European show in Bratislava 2002 or three when we want best of breed in all three sizes. in like dachshund yeah. Cunningham, Miniature, Standard, with own bred dogs. Uh, there are several things like that. I have to tell you something. Uh, I, I think I'm really a breeder. I'm only really interested at the point when the dog is doing well in the breed. Uh, groups and best in shows this is a show of course it's a good feeling yes. and it's a it's a good feedback to a to a breeder especially when he feels he or she feels herself himself a little bit down mm-hmm. to restart again this is a great thing but those best in shows are not the titles I'm I'm counting off and all the cups lately I gift it to different breed clubs to take it to the winners. Lately what I like, I'm, I'm not showing dogs anymore by myself, but lately what I enjoy when I'm somewhere at the weekend, judging somewhere or sitting at home and I'm getting the messages, uh, dogs bred by me, both in Vaxund and the Hungarian side are winning big shows in different places, different countries this is the best and of course the most comfortable thing that makes me proud because it means these dogs doesn't even need me anymore just for the creation but for that you have to find great owners this is a very difficult job and one of the main main job of a responsible breeder
0: yeah agreed and when did you start judging in
1: 1985
0: Okay, and when you started judging, did that make a difference to how uh, you looked at being a breeder or, or breeders in general? Did it change your perception in any way?
1: Uh, being, uh, becoming a judge, it, it, it changes the other's attitude towards you. You don't change yourself too much. Uh, of course, when you judge first, this is the minute you've been waiting for since a long time, because this is the moment of truth. Mm. Everything before, it just happened. But now, from now on, uh, everybody will know the truth. So of course, it's not true, but that's how, you f- that's how you feel it. And I'm absolutely sure when I was judging uh, the first time in my life, it was English cocker spaniel. Uh, maybe I did a decent job, but not the best job if- of my life, for sure, retrospectively. Because judging dogs is a, depends on the experience. And more experience you have, more well you do the job. Uh, but of course, when you become a judge, the other people think of you in a different way. Mm-hmm. They started to respect you or to hate you. One thing is for sure if you've been a, a guy of a, a social guy, in a big group, you started to be more and more lonely because this kind of responsible to to decide and to make it clear your decision is this one, which you cannot avoid anyway, makes you a little bit isolated, uh, which changes your life a little bit, but of course makes your choices more objective. Okay. So good side and, and bad side. I, I, I'm actually love judging, but I'm lucky because I'm judging all over the world and usually when I'm going into the, going to the ring and judging a breed, I don't really know those people in that country in that breed. So, I, so I'm absolutely independent in this way. And I try to keep this independency because many times, I gave the different titles uh, to the same people. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not counting. Okay, this dog got uh, something already, or this owner. Um, uh, it was just just a uh, chat. You also participated, Gopi, this morning uh, on one of the Facebook group, uh, uh, and I really think that. The exhibitor, the owner of the dog, is for its own interest in the dog show or the interest of this dog. The handler serves the interest of the owner, and the judge is the one who should only take into consideration serving the breed. When a judge starts to serve something else or somebody else, that's the end of the game.
0: Absolutely, and and that brings me to an interesting point. What advice would you give to a breeder this day? Someone who's starting as a breeder, what advice would you give
1: them? First of all, be brave and breed. Don't give it up. Uh, Mm -hmm. The environment is not very supportive nowadays in the society for the breeders. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to, not everybody, a lot of people wants to get a dog. That's Mm -hmm. not a problem. But now, because of the freedom of the information getting around, people losing the, the real direction. They are not necessarily going for quality, they are going for different features, like being cute, being different, having a color which we've never seen in this breed, because it means it's a crossbred dog. Uh, and then the tendency of the the good uh, promotion of crossbred dogs are more healthy. I have to tell you, Canis familiaris is one single race. Every single breed belongs to this. Every single possibly possible uh, disease comes from this gene pool, of course. Um, there are some prevalences, but only the breeders are the one, registered breeders I'm talking about, uh, related to their own club, which are using all the evidence-based uh, scientific methods, gene, genetical tests, and other health tests uh, valid and make the, the health and the welfare status of the dog and that breed better the one who, who never registered the dogs but very cute because the color is blue and male and the coat let's say long in the breed which it we we. yes um, they are cute uh, but but if if you are going to save and improve health Uh, the quality of life also as a doctor quality of life is very important which is also the length of the life Life lifespan has to be as long as possible then that's 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 not the way and i'm really upset in in some decision makers it belongs to the political party Uh, they they realize that these are the popular things and of course popular things always followed by politicians because very understandable, uh, this this part of the story. But when they start to give a fee a favor for those commercial non-registered breeders, they can do whatever what, whatever they want. But those who are registered by the kennel clubs, they are restricted to do this and that and that. Uh, and the worst thing is they say because. We want to improve the health status. So this is absolutely contradictive. It's not what's going to happen. Uh, if, if we put the, the power and the favor for those who never test anything, who doesn't register anything, of course, the end result will be not what they expected. Right. I can't even understand sometimes how it could came in anybody's mind. But
0: well, life is colorful.
1: Thing. Say it,
0: say it often enough, say it loud enough and people believe it's true. That's what we've seen, yeah. you know, all these myths about health. So, so that's that,
1: that's why I, I try personally, but not only personally, but but uh, also the FCI, we, we organized a, a webinar with over 200 participants from different kennel clubs to explain and to give a model how to fight against the anti-breeding propaganda, how to make ourselves the partner of animal, good, clever animal welfare organization and politi- <clears throat> and political decision makers, because we are the partner, we are not their enemies. We cannot behave like enemies. We have to behave like partners. But then also, they have to understand this. And being a partner, so that's that's a long and very bumpy way we are going on right now. But I'm sure at the end we have to get there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll come back a little bit to that because I have yeah. other questions I have. But let's talk. You mentioned FCI. When did you first get elected to the FCI to the board I, of directors?
1: Yeah. I I was uh, seven years in the European section board FCI. This is the biggest section of the FCI. Right. And when they elected the first board ever, because before we had only a president, it was in 2002 and I became a member and later on the vice president. But the general committee of the FCI, uh, uh, I've been elected in 2009 in Bratislava, the General Assembly.
0: And, and, and when you became a, a member then, was, was there ever in your radar Becoming president was that something you say? All right, I've become a director, and uh, I want to become president. <laughs> n-
1: no, <laughs> to be very honest, no. I am a breeder. I always been, and I always will be. So I didn't arrive from above in an umbrella like Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, I I had a feeling the support and. Uh, The will to change some some things in this organization made, gave me votes and then they they approached to me, please do it. Uh, And then I always been a a man of priorities. It's coming from my parents. Uh, Sometimes I'm doing things against of my own interest. If it's for one of my priorities. I'm going for that. It's some sometimes it's self-hurting. Yeah. Uh, but when it happened, then I decided, okay, let's try because I also want to do something. Excellent. And it was in and, 2009.
0: And, and another misconception a lot of people have is that they think you're the president of the Hungarian Kennel Club.
1: No, uh, I never been, And yeah. I never will be. It's you, not you my, never, of you've my never plans. been, right?
0: and that's not, that's not something you've ever been a president of the Nigerian no. Health and Club. No. And, and the other misconception is that, of course, you're a full-time employee of the FCI, paid my <laughs> high, high salary to do this job of president. So I thought I'd mention that so we can clarify that because a lot of people think of, uh, this is a paid job and not an elected one.
1: <laughs> uh, no, uh, the money I earn is zero as many times as you wish. This uh, uh, so is sometimes, uh, I mean, not sometimes, almost every day we have long discussion um, uh, via email or Zoom with uh, office leader, executive, executive uh, um, uh, director of the FCI, who is an employee, and he organizes the office and the activity in many ways, who is paid. And then sometimes we spend seven, eight hours per day, to, discussing with a uh, lot of different matters and deciding. And then I always say, "So now we did your job, and I'm happy to assist you for free." <laughs> but well, yeah. no, I mean, I mean, no FCA president can be elected who wants money.
0: Absolutely,
1: uh, because. Uh, his or her life has to be well established um, uh, without being uh, a president of this. Otherwise, this person will not be able to manage economically the life because money doesn't come from here. Not in any way.
0: Absolutely. I just wanted to clarify that because a lot of people think it's a paid job. Uh,
1: Once in in a Facebook comment, somebody said, for this kind of money, you have to... And then I said, for this kind of money, I wouldn't even wake up in the morning if you, if you, if you want to iterate this fact, because this just doesn't exist. But I'm happy to
0: wake up and work in the morning, don't worry. Well, there's a different thing, a passion versus money. Breed clubs or NCOs, who plays a more vital role? And, and um, do they work together enough? In countries where breed clubs are, are uh, important or, or, you know, are
1: supported? Yeah, as you already mentioned in your question, is different in each country. Usually, generally speaking, I have to tell you, I can see the kennel clubs being stronger okay. uh, than the, the breed clubs. In some countries, the kennel clubs gave more power to the kennel clubs, especially in uh, some, the German-speaking axis, let's say, like Germany, Austria, Uh, For that, it's good actually. So everything and every uh, regulation should come from the ground, not from the top, because then it can be maintained. That can be practical. Uh, But for that, if we are talking about 380 breeds or so, Mm -hmm. to get that many, Talented leader in one single country who also can be independent economically, what we are we've been talking about, this is extremely difficult, let's say almost impossible. That's that's why the National Canal Organization has to survive what's going on, and if they have the need. Uh, the help or even reg- regulate the activity, they should do that. Otherwise, uh, it's a lost case and that's the worst scenario. So it's different in every country and its I have to say, every democratic system, even if we call them democratic, uh, maintained by human person. Uh, if the right human person who is strong enough, who is clever enough, who is accepted by the others is there, then you don't need to take care too much of that. But if you have a feeling those people are not there or need support, then that's the the role uh, of the National Canal organization they have to play.
0: Okay, now you mentioned something I want to uh, touch upon a little bit. Um, Is is leadership or is being a leader a lonely place? In in terms of- Very much.
1: Yes, yes, uh, that's, that's a part of my function, what I like the less, yes. Uh, of course, everybody's try to be, fr- not everybody, but most people try to be friendly, uh, which is great. But when you have to decide something very important, that goes to your skin. And then if you are a responsible leader, you cannot say, I decided this because he or she advised me. It mm. only weak leaders do it. It doesn't mean every de- decision is made by one single person, the leader. It's not true. Yeah. Uh, in a good organization, and I think FCI is a very well-established organization, there is a professional team. For everything, and their advice has to be taken into consideration. Actually, we are having a really good working uh, um, general committee of nine great people, uh, and the decision always based on that opinion, what they say.
0: Agreed. Now, tell us, you've been involved with the FCI. Uh, I mean, you know, as a member, exhibitor for a long time. Has it changed a so lot? Since you've been involved, and has the FCI, been, oh
1: yes. yes, I think it's very different
0: now. Okay, uh, what's one thing that comes to your mind that makes it stand out? Different
1: now. FCI was established to get a kingdom uh, uh, to be international. It's a, it, it was a very early version of the franchise system. (laughs) Yes, and and, uh, being being a part of a franchise system always has its benefits and its shortcomings, of course, but there are more benefits usually than shortcomings. Uh, And that was the reason. And I also have a feeling the FCI, especially in the beginning, was a very important part of a Power game, personal and national, even if any discrimination uh, in a national way is strictly prohibited. But somehow that's how I felt the FCI when I was young and started to go to, to dog shows. But because it was very autocrat, mm. very paternalist. Mm. Uh, Even with the negative things, we love to adore it, like a big leader. That was the father, that was the place where we wanted to belong. Uh, Later on, the world changed very fast, very dramatically. and An organization like that one cannot be maintained anymore. Uh, And especially in the last few years, I I try to open not just the window, but also the door to the society. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this fresh breeze coming through the door uh, make all the dust getting away. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But of course, if you open the window, more noise is coming in, more Mm -hmm. voice is coming in, and not all of them pleasant, but all of them are real. It's better to take into consideration to listen it and to learn how uh, how the society around reacts on what you are doing. That's why I think nowadays uh, the image like FCI is a show organizing international um, organization. That's simply not true. Tell me another international Dog related organization who established commission, professional commissions, rules for every single possible dog activity, like dog dancing. I just visited the World Championship or I, IGP, uh, the utility dogs, the herding dogs, the sledge dogs. I mean, millions, plyable, millions. Uh, um, uh, varieties of dog related activity. We, we establish rules, we maintain them because we organize competition. There are no other organization, international one, who, who maintain this. I don't know why uh, anybody should think we are a dog show organizing um, committee. Actually, FCI itself, which is an office, the institute is an office in Belgium. They never, only once, sorry, organized a dog show. They only organized once in the, when the FCI had a centennial year, a uh, so-called. Uh, uh, sorry about my computer. Uh, champion of Championships. I have to tell you, it was not the best show ever because that <laughs> team because that team never organized a show before, of course. And then we decided this is not the way. To follow, everything has to be done by those who are interested, experienced, and can do it well. This is the; these are the three very important uh, column of t- any activity. We, we try to keep it.
0: Agreed. Do, do you feel that now that we're, um, you know, ninety-eight countries, have we reached a plateau, or do you think this is just
1: a start of more growth within the FCI? Uh, the, uh, good question, but also a good question. What makes the FCI growing? To get more member or to improve their quality? Uh, I think the answer is, is both. Yeah. I'm not really for getting new members when they are ultra small microscopic group of people call themselves kennacrop. Mm-hmm. Of course, if in a country where FCI doesn't exist, want to join, and they are doing decent job. And it seems it's prospective, not only one breed orientated, but they are able to take care of different breeds and different dog activities. Just, I said, not only dog shows, but other activities to collect people, to create community. We are a partner of that. That's, therefore, we are having three different level of membership. starts with a contract partner. Uh, but I don't think having 20 new members, which are very problematic politically or because different group of people fighting in the same country and they their power game is end, ending up uh, to try to be a member of the FCI to make them themselves more important than the other group, it's it's not the game I'm. I want to participate, or I want FCI to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Okay. What do you What do you think is something the FCI does really well, and what is something you feel we could do better at? It's
1: difficult. I think FCI uh, does the engagement of people uh, very well. It serves their interest. I mean, different dog shows and uh, competition related to the FCI in different fields, attracting people not because they love FCI, but because FCI created a frame of their professional work where they can compete, where they can register, when they can uh, sell the puppies, where they can show their quality. Mm. Uh, and that's the, that's the most important part. And this is a part of the franchise system I mentioned okay. earlier. Uh, I think FCI is very good at this point. Okay. Uh, having uh, professional commissions and organizing different competition in in every field of activity this is the other one Uh, what i would improve and and now uh, we open the door as i told you to the society to listen more there are some new committees within the fci where we even invited non-fci people because they are professional in some very important part of this Of this word related to dogs like uh, dog welfare or dog press and PR which are very important. Uh, So this door had to be open and we did it and now it's in the procedure. Uh, Actually ever we uh, ever since we changed the narrative this part of the game got much better and it makes our Members in the different countries able to get uh, to get contacted to the decision makers more easily. Uh, if I want, if if I feel something uh, has to be done, but actually this is one of my dream. I have to tell you a lot of dream of my dream already started or even maintained in uh, this three years since I'm the president but what I would love to maintain to get uh, our promotion to the general public much more uh, to make them understand we are not the bad boys like if if you see if you've seen a lot of western film in my younghood we had cowboys with white hats they've been the good one and with the black hat, they've been the bad one. We are not the bad ones at all. And we have, we have a lot of facts and figures to make it very obvious. Uh, and somehow we couldn't at the moment reach the general public because our, our competitors, let's don't call them enemies, our competitors get much more found behind, political influence, um, uh, official, official PR team. Sorry about my telephone from you. Actually, this is my dear mother, but now it's not time for her after that. Um, uh, and this is the field, I, I just mentioned, we had a m- meeting in Paris uh, last week and I ask all the members of the Europe, members of the European sections, those are the presidents, uh, if they have anybody, any contact to provide this huge step. We, we did the first two steps, strong step from zero for the PR and uh, public relation and promotion. But this big step is missing. That's the next one and I ask their help if anybody has the right person to start to negotiate with. I'm ready to travel, I'm ready to have any meeting, and I'm still in this opinion. Okay.
0: Is FCI Youth the answer to a lot of our problems? Um, Do you think we give them enough of a
1: platform? Uh, FCI Youth is a very interesting organization. It started something like 10 years ago, or not quite, uh, and they did a lot. And the way they did it somehow was very controversial. Okay. Uh, even uh, was discussed in the last General Assembly of the FCI, where they decided not to continue the same format. Mm. And now we established a new format for the FCI use, which is a regular commission uh of course because it happened 3 years ago the covid blocked the activity but maybe 3 weeks ago uh, they managed to make a webinar by themselves because i have to tell you I, I met them several times online and they are young people from different countries different regions different continent very talented i mean in some of their activity and opinion was uh, Joe dropping in a positive way. And that's why I forced them, show it to the world, do this webinar. And then also, it's not just to show, but it made them understand they can work together, even without meet each other. Because of the COVID, it was not possible to travel. And uh, it was a great success, this webinar, and it started to make them Uh, work because to engage young people is difficult because young people or this uh, Z, Y and different uh, generation they are different than we are if you want them to influence you need somebody who can help you to make them understand what to do how how to make them enthusiastic You have to show them a target. Now, these young people are not in the first step for breeding because breeding is a long-term procedure. A lot of plan and a lot of time. A young man or woman, boy or girl, is very competitive nowadays. They want to show to the others he or she is better. For that, they need a competition. For that, they have to win or being number five, Instead of number six, it also can be a success. Um, so that's why and therefore I asked them to to show us different ways, and it's not only dog shows. Uh, why I, I visited this uh, this dog dancing world championship, never an FCI president did before, because it was amazing how many enthusiastic cheering young people working with their dogs together. And actually, when I told them I I left the European Dog Show and I'm not judging today in the main ring because I decided not to and I'm coming here instead, it was a huge standing ovation, which is a good feeling because they still want to belong to this organization and they appreciate we we also understood they are together with us and we belong together. And also another part of the FCI use, they have to think how to make a lifetime career a prospect for young people, Uh, start from somewhere, maybe in the middle, also getting to be a breeder, but getting a job related to the dogs, different kind of as a trainer, as an official person in a kennel club or a breed club organizing shows, organizing competitions, there are many possibilities. They have to make it clear and now they are working on it very well. And they even explained. And I'm, I'm very happy because you cannot engage. You can engage, but not to keep young people without showing them the way of success. And there are many possible way of success. And we have to understand how to show them from the young people. And now they are, um, I, I was really happy to listen to them. They could speak in English fantastic, coming from different countries, and they explained their stuff so well. It was really refreshing.
0: Excellent. I hope we're going to have more of, more of them yep. because I, I was pretty impressed when I heard some of what they were doing as well. I mean, I was yep. really blown away. Do, do you think, Tamás, there will ever come a time when all the large global canine organizations will work closely together? I mean, we do have cooperation, but there isn't a lot of joint or cross um, initiatives. Do you think there will ever come a time or do you think we should be working closer with our partners? Yeah,
1: there there are some particular subjects we are working close to each other. Uh, Like when we had a problem, with two British breeds in, in Norway. Uh, the Kennel Club, which is the British Kennel Club, it's not, not a member of the FCI, of course, they provided facts and figures about the health status of these two breeds within a day to help. Uh, also, we made a contract with them about the Brachycephalic, Problem and its functional test. And now we are working together to, to make the, the research more international with more bigger numbers. So there are many things. Also, when we found, we made a found for helping the Ukrainian uh, victims, uh, Canadian Kennel Club, D Kennel Club, uh, and some of the organizations join and send money for the fund. so there are many subjects we are working on it Uh, but because let's say the standards uh, are different in some of these organizations that makes uh, the cooperation in the professional level a little bit difficult Uh, i have to tell you my conscience is clear because fci in every case Keeps and accept the standard of the country of origin. Uh, sometimes it's not easy to work together with some other organization which doesn't. Yeah, uh, because this is one of the priorities of the of the FCI, and and, and I'm 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 in favor of this. Uh, but of course, in in uh, in a case of urgency or or big huge international need, there are some subjects we are working together.
0: So there are, is in time, it's hoped that there will be more cooperation, joint um, projects that we can work on for dogs. Is that, is that something that you hope for, aim for?
1: Being a human doctor, it's a little bit nasty, but we used to say, always hope dies the last. First, always the patient dies. Yeah, of course there are hope. Uh, why not? We, we don't have uh, uh, severe conflict with each other, which could avoid. No, we are open-hearted. Not, not in the same way in, in each of the big outside of the FCI uh, organization, but nothing wrong happened what could avoid to get even closer.
0: Perfect. What is one of the most misunderstood things about the FCI? I know you mentioned that people think we organize dog shows, or the FCI organize the dog shows.
1: <laughs> yes, that, find, that was one of those. Yeah. But the other one is like, uh, when they comment like FCI is a police. They have to control this. They have to control. FCI has to do. This is my favorite. FCI is not an independent entity, uh, a headquarter in top of the mountain, doing everything. This is a an office in a very charming, small, uh, historical village in Belgium, of thirteen employees. This is what the FCI as uh, an office. FCI is important because, of course, of this headquarter provides all the franchise system, which is a difficult job to do, I have to tell you, but they do it quite well. I would like to thank them because they do very professional work. But FCI is you. And FCI is him or her and FCI actually always the person who asks why the FCI doesn't do this and that. FCI is the community of the kennel clubs. So if you are having a serious problem, which can occur every day, first you have to turn to your breed club or to your local kennel club and to your own national kennel organization. And then if they cannot solve the problem, they can uh, communicate with the FCI uh, to for help to to give guidelines to to give advice how to solve this problem because maybe some in some other countries they already solved the problem, but it's usually is is, is not a way. In many ways, and many times, sorry. We learned about serious, really serious problems from the Facebook, because the Kenna Club involved didn't even send an official communication to the FCI office. Uh, I I don't want to list all those problems we learned from the Facebook. Uh, And and it could be in a different way. What the FCI think about this? And and it was just the news on the Facebook from yesterday. And the FCI was not even uh, officially uh, informed about it. So what I could say, only what I'm thinking, but it's not what the FCI think. So this, this communication between the Kenner clubs and the FCI got much better, but needs to improve.
0: Excellent. Well, Thomas, thank you so much. I've, uh, I've, I've, uh, one of my biggest takeaways is franchise system. I've never thought of it like that way, but uh, I like it. Um, it makes sense and it is actually when you think about it um, thank you so much for your time thank you for being very candid and open uh, with us to, to answer from your heart um, and I have uh, really appreciated that and I hope our viewers enjoyed it I hope you've enjoyed um, spending some time with us and uh, I look forward to seeing you again do you have any parting words to, to share any words of wisdom that you'd like to say to, our, to everyone watching the podcast
1: uh, I think everything what I wanted to exp- explain, I already said that. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy you visited my home, uh, having a coffee with me, and I'm sure many questions arise in your head, also in my head, and therefore we want we try to continue To make this survive, not only uh, to to make this FCA not only survive, but to improve, because nowadays it's extremely difficult to adapt such a huge um, uh, company, let's call it company, to the ever changing circumstances of this planet, of this world. Uh, Just one thing. You asked before what was the FCI? Before FCI was created to meet twice a year in a room. In this way, we would be dead long ago. We are having conferences, Zoom meetings almost in monthly, and even with this very dense and active. behavior we just can maintain the problems because problems doesn't anymore occur twice a year but this is my dream maybe in five years again it will be enough to meet twice a year so let's hope for it and as i said hope uh, dies last excellent
0: well, thank you Gopi. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and thank you so much again Thomas. take care and uh, stay safe see you somewhere soon bye-bye